We'll open your Bibles, if you would, to the book of Philippians. And I'll give you an introduction and overview before I ask you to stand for the reading of God's Word. But if you remember when we began our study in the book of Philippians, uh, we, we noted a few things, and oftentimes this book is called the Epistle of Joy. And I understand that. Uh, you'll find the word joy or term rejoice used in this letter some 12 different times. Um, you'll also find the word mind mentioned 12 different times. And we don't refer to this as the epistle of the mind. But what we do find is that this is the epistle of living practically the Christian life. And so as we get into this and we notice going through uh, this, uh, this book, we understand practical Christian living from a different perspective. In looking at things from that perspective, that we are trying to understand what it means to live the life of a child of God in practical sense, uh, we must do away with a lot of the do's and the don'ts in our mind from the aspect of this must I do in order to be. Rather, we put them in the reverse order in the sense of because I am, this I do. And that's oftentimes uh, 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 reversed and many times we get as it were, the cart before the horse. But when we get into verses like what we're getting ready to look at this morning, verse number 4, we need to understand what it is that we're called to do, why it is we're called to do it. And we're not just, oh, for lack of a better way of saying it, we're not just following rules, but we are living a life. Stand with me, if you would, as we read from God's Word. And I'd like to start in verse 1. We'll read all the way through verse 8 for context's sake. And then we'll come back to verse number 4 together. Philippians chapter number 4, verse number 1 reads, Therefore, my beloved brethren, dearly beloved, and longed for my joy and my crown. So stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. I beseech Yodius and beseech Syntyche that they be of the same mind in the Lord. And I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help these women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with other my fellow laborers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, Rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report. If there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. 
Look back with me, if you would, and read along with me. Verse number 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Our Father, we come before you now because we recognize that we are but dust. And you, Father, the Creator, we pray that you would speak to our hearts and our minds and that you would change our lives. That the God of heaven would hear us is astounding to me. But that he would respond truly blows me away. I thank you, Lord, that you are, and that you are the rewarder of those that diligently seek you. So remind us of where we find our joy today. And it's in no other place than the person of Jesus Christ. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. As we got into this last week, I pointed out that in the first uh, eight verses there, there are are five commands or statements that uh, uh, need to be addressed, need to be looked uh, closely into. Uh, The first of those being stand fast, found in verse number one, stand fast. But he does not just tell us to stand fast, he tells us to stand fast in the Lord. The next of those would be uh, where he says in verse number 4, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Verse number 5 has the third, let your moderation be known unto all men. Uh, And then verse number 6, be careful for nothing. And then in verse number 8, at the very end of verse number 8, think on these things. And we're going to take a look this morning at the, the second of those five commands in the first eight verses. Rejoice in the Lord always. Now, I want you to understand uh, that as we get into this uh, passage, what we really need to understand is the difference between happiness and joy. We've discussed this previously. We looked at that when we were going through the book of Nehemiah. We looked at this uh, uh, earlier in this book of Philippians as well. The difference between, uh, between joy and happiness. Happiness is determined by my surroundings and my circumstances. When I am hungry, I am unhappy. When I have been fed, I am happy. Yeah, that's the difference between happiness and joy because joy does not depend on my circumstances and surroundings. Joy is there in spite of my circumstances and surroundings. I can be joyful regardless of what's taking place. This is different than happiness, and many people uh, misunderstand because we think that since I'm a Christian and I'm, compa- uh, I'm commanded to rejoice in the Lord always, then that means that I must always have a smile on my face, always be perky, always be cheerful, always be glad. That's not what it's talking about. Now, I believe with all my heart that God's people ought to be the happiest people alive. But can I just encourage you in something. Even our Lord, I'm sure, frowned a little bit when he was on the cross. Do you remember he was so distraught when he was in the garden praying that he sweat great drops of blood in agony? And so why in the world would God give us a command that he himself did not keep to smile all the time? That's not what is being commanded here in rejoice in the Lord always. 
We need to understand what's being told to us because there is a, 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 a style of teaching out there that Christians should never, never not be happy. And if you're not happy, you must be out of the will of God. That's not true. The Christian should always rejoice. But there are times where, let me just say it this way, there are times where I am angry and upset, and I believe rightfully so, when someone dares to use my God's name as a curse word. That bothers me. And I'm not happy about that. When people stand in the public eye and they proclaim that there is no God. When Time Magazine decides that they're going to produce an article saying God is dead. Yes, that bothers me. I'm not a happy camper in those times. And that's not going against Scripture. But what the Word of God does call us to do is to rejoice in the Lord always. Now, I like the emphatic way that the apostle writes in this, uh, uh, this uh, specific verse. He says it in verse number 4, Rejoice in the Lord always, and just in case you missed what I just said, listen up, pay attention, and again I say, rejoice. That's what he says. He, he finds the need in this uh, specific verse to repeat the command. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again. I say rejoice. Whenever God's Word says something, it's time for us to pay attention. Whenever God's Word repeats something, it's time for us to arrest ourselves and focus deeply on what is being said. (laughs) You know, as a parent, there's many times where I've had to repeat myself. I'm sure your kids always hear the first time. But my children aren't as perfect as yours, and I apologize for that. But I've had to repeat things. And I remember growing up, I'm sure they come by it naturally, because growing up, I can't count how many times I heard the lecture, how many times do I have to say this? I heard that more times growing up than I heard anything else. Do I have to say it again? It was that, and we just can't have nice things. (laughs) I heard that one a lot, too. But here here we have the Apostle Paul letting us know that it is time for us to rejoice. Now, if we were to just focus in for just a moment on what it is that we are to rejoice, I think all the questions and, and all the issues would slowly dissipate. Understand here that we find not, not just a recommendation, but it is a command. It is a command in Scripture. Now, we find this a fairly common command to rejoice in the Lord always, but it is a fairly neglected command to rejoice in the Lord always. This is a rule of the Christian life, and I know a lot of people cringe when we talk about rules, right? This is, but this is something that it, it ought to be there because any time that there is a command given in God's Word, ability is implied. God does not command us to do something we cannot do. He won't. So when he says uh, to love your neighbor, guess what? 
the ability is there to love your neighbor. You've never met my neighbor, Pastor. (laughs) You've never met my neighbor. I don't have to meet your neighbor. The Bible lets me know you have the ability because the command is given. You see, the believer here not only can rejoice, but should rejoice. There's a lot of talk today about love and peace, but very little discussion today as far as joy is concerned. But if you were to go to Galatians and you were to look at Galatians chapter 5.22, you'd find that the fruit of the Spirit uh, is love, joy, peace. Now, we get the love and we get the peace, and everybody wants to talk about the love of God. Everybody wants to talk about the peace that passes all understanding. And even the people outside the world want to talk about love, and they want to talk about peace. I mean, the Beatles really rang the bell. Love, love, love. All you need is love. But there's not a lot of talk about joy today. And you know why? Because people don't understand where true joy comes from. Generally, the idea of joy is amiss already when it's even mentioned because many mistaken happiness for joy. But as I said, happiness is determined by our circumstances. Joy is found in Jesus. Now, for many people, they, uh, they, they, they'll say things like, well, uh, my joy, my pride and my joy are my children. And my ADD is getting ready to kick in, so I've got to empty my pockets. Excuse me. And people talk about their children being their pride and their joy. What happens when one of those children decides that they're going to move to Australia? Did your joy just go with them? If that's where you're basing your joy, then Yes. Your joy is absent. But if Christ is my joy, you see, my joy is not found in people. My joy is not found in things. My joy is not found in my situations. My joy is found in Jesus. That's where it's got to be found. You see, I want you to understand something today, right here, right now. Uh, This is maybe... Uh, I'm going to try to give you the invitation call, so to speak, right at the beginning, right at the onset. Today is a call for Christians to wake up. Today is a call for the unbeliever to see Jesus. Today is a call for the religious, the person who believes that they're fine because they do or they said the right things, to turn away from their own efforts to the one who can save. Today is a call for us to rejoice and how we can know Him. I, I want you to understand something about joy. Joy oftentimes only gets talked about at Christmas. What do we sing at Christmas time? Anybody? Joy to the world. Did you know that's not a Christmas song? Did you know that that was never intended to be a Christmas song? It's not speaking about the babe in the manger. It has nothing to do with it. Let me read to you the lyrics of Joy to the World, and let's see what it's talking about. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive 
her king. Did the earth receive her, her king at the birth of Christ? No. Matter of fact, a few years later, they killed him. Let every heart prepare him room. Has every heart prepared him room? No. And heaven and nature sing. Has heaven and nature sung yet? No. Joy to the world, the Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ while fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains repeat the sounding joy. No more let sins and sorrows grow. Do they still grow? Nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow far as the curse is found. Has the blessings of God flown to every part that the curse has been found yet? No. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove. Not suggests to them but makes the nations prove the glories of His righteousness and wonders of His love. Do you know what this is singing about, folks? Every Christmas we sing about what? The second coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. When He will set up His rule and reign on earth. You know why we can sing about joy? Because we know the end. You ever watched a movie with someone and you accidentally blurt out the ending for them? Oh man, I've seen this before. Oh, this is great. Well, he's going to die at the end, so it's okay. Oh, yeah. Especially when you're watching with someone who just does not know how to keep a secret and they're, they're sitting there the whole time and you, you see something and it's like, well, well, he looks like a pretty nice guy. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say nothing, but... Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, she looks... She, she's probably not the killer. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't say that. So she is the killer. I didn't say she was the killer. You see, we know the end, right? And if we know the end, what have we to be upset about? Why can we not rejoice when we know that there's coming a day where no more let sin and sorrow reign? We can rejoice. Now, The joy that we have is provided to us by the Holy Spirit. To say that I do not have the ability to joy or to rejoice is to call God a liar. Because the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. I want you to notice what Paul commands us to rejoice in. Paul commands us to rejoice in not things, not places, not what we have, but who we have. Our rejoicing is not in these things or people. Many Christians live powerless lives. Go go back with me, if you would, to the book of Nehemiah. And I love the way this connects in Nehemiah. We just finished our study in the book of Nehemiah. Look at Nehemiah chapter number 8. Excuse me. 
Nehemiah chapter number 8, we went through this not too long ago. This is where Ezra stands up to read the book of the law. And uh, you have all the folks reading in the book of the law, and they were, they were broken in their hearts. They bowed their heads. They lifted up their hands. They cried. They had their faces to the ground. And then Nehemiah says something in chapter number 8, verse number 10. He said, then said, uh, he said unto them, Go your way, eat the fat, and drink the sweet, and send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto the Lord. Neither be ye sorry for the joy of the Lord is your strength. You remember us going through that not too long ago? Now, he doesn't say that the strength of the Lord is your joy. He says the joy of the Lord is your strength. It doesn't say you be strong and just find a way to rejoice no matter what. He says, no, you find your joy in the Lord and you will find your strength. I am beat down. I am worn. I am weary. I, I have failed. I have, I have uh, uh, messed things up. And, and I'm looking at all the, the turmoil that's around me. I see the world in chaos and I see things going on that I don't understand. And I just can't figure it out. And I'm going, Oh, why, God, why? And then I look to him and I'm reminded of what he has done. I'm reminded of the direction he is going. I'm reminded that there's coming a day where he will rule, he will reign. All of this chaos, all of this confusion, all of this turmoil will be done away with. And I can rejoice. And I'm strengthened to go through I had someone ask me one time, and says, Pastor, my goodness, how in the world do you smile so much? I'm like, well, I had my face surgically changed. <laughs> you know, it gets tiring smiling. It is. It, it, you get tired smiling a lot. And it's, it's, it's especially, I mean, Pastor, you know what I'm talking about. You got, you got one group of people and another group of people, and this group of people hate this group of people, and this person in the church doesn't want to stand around that person in the church, but you got to talk to both of them, and both of them are telling you exactly what they think of the other one, and you're just going, uh-huh, uh-huh. What you want to do is go, you know, but, but you don't. You stand there with a smile on your face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just trust the Lord. I want to shoot you right now. You see, we find our joy in the Lord. There's times in me, you just want to go home and cry, don't you? But we find our joy in the Lord. I am convinced, this is what that means to find my joy in the Lord. It means that I am convinced of the goodness of God that no matter what my situation is, I can trust Him. That's what it means to find my joy in Him. In the Lord, if you, go, if you were to go to Job, chapter 23, Job had unquestioned confidence in God. His friends had all accused him, his, uh, his family was all... And he had unquestioned confidence in God. Was he sad? Yes. Was there pain? Yes. But he could trust in Him. Romans chapter 12. So, I tell you what, let's look at Romans chapter 12 because this is a good, this is a good one. We'll, we'll, we'll really have some fun over here. Romans chapter 12. Let's see if we can put our finger on someone's sore. This one hurts. 
Look at Romans chapter number 12 with me. Talking about... Uh, there we go. It's the wrong chapter there. Uh, Romans chapter 12 talks about the per- being submitted to the perfect will of God, overcoming evil with good. And we get into verse number 9. It says, uh, Let love be without dissimulation, abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good, be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love and honor, preferring one another. Can we pause for just a minute? You know the number one reason most people do not like church or Christians is because of the way church and Christians treat one another? Let that sink in for a second. What would you think of a family that treated one another the way many Christians treat one another? I've, I've talked with young people before and, and people especially getting ready to get married. And one of the questions I like to ask them is, uh, what's the other what does what your fiancé's family think of this union? What do you think of your fiancé's family? How do you feel about joining that family? Well, let's just think for a second. You get a, you get a family that is, I mean, completely a wreck. And they're battling with each other all the time. They're trying to kill one another all the time. They hate each other half the time. And you go, yeah, come join this family. Mm. I'm not marrying into that. (laughs) Yeah. Why in the world do we seem to be surprised when people don't want to come to the church? As soon as they walk through a church doors... This person over there is talking about that person over here. And, and you, hey, you walk through the door, and, and you know, the first time you visit a church, you already know half of everybody's dirt. <laughs> hey, welcome. I'm glad to see you here. Don't stand next to that guy. Mm, he's weird. Romans 12 talks about this. It says, be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love and honor preferring one another. Not slothful in business, fervent in the Spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, distributing to the, uh, to the necessity of the saints, uh, given to hospitality. Bless them which persecute you, bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice, weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Recompense no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men, if it be possible. As much, if it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Notice verse nineteen with me, dearly beloved. Avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine; I will repay, saith the Lord. This is one of those verses that we like to go. Well, I've never seen it, so I better take care of it myself. And the Bible says, don't seek revenge. That belongs to God. Let it go. Let it go. This is one of those areas that people will say, well, preacher, I've never seen it happen. You want to know why you've never seen it happen? Because you've never tried it. 
the Bible says, let God have it. If you have truly let God have it, you're not waiting to see it. Because you're trusting Him to take care of it. But if you're not trusting Him to take care of it, you will look over His shoulder waiting and telling Him, you haven't done it yet, you haven't done it yet, you haven't done it yet. You see, some need to just simply learn to trust God. Going back to Philippians chapter 4, we see there in verse 4, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Joy is based in the Lord. But how? It is based in the Lord because it is based in my knowledge of the Lord. If... Uh, if I, uh, if I tell you um, we're, going, uh, we're, we're going skydiving tomorrow, Pastor McCracken and I are going to go jump out of a perfectly good airplane. And we get over there, and I've already talked him into it, and he's still looking at me going, you nuts, man. And I said, we're going to do, it's going to be a great time. It's going to be fun. We're going to have a lot of excitement. We're just going to, we're going to fly toward the ground. Then you're just going to reach over, and you're going to pull that ripcord, and the chute's going to come out. It's going to be amazing. And then we get up in the airplane, and I look at him, and I say, don't worry. I packed the, air, the, the parachutes myself. See, y'all laugh because not a one of you would go skydiving if you knew I'm the one packing your parachute. Everybody go, mm-hmm. Now, if I said, this gentleman over here who has been trained by the military has packed 14,000 parachutes in his life is the one that packed your parachute, you might be a little more interested in going skydiving with me now, won't you? The reason we don't trust the Lord is because we don't know his credentials. And if I was to hand you my credentials as far as being a parachute packer, and this other guy hands you his credentials, you're going to look at mine and go, whatever. You're going to look at his and go, well, wow, that's pretty good. You know where you find the Lord's credentials? Right there. And you know why people don't trust the Lord? It's because they have not been in this book. We can go, well, I go to church on Sundays. I, I go to church and I, I listen, I listen, and I pay close attention. And then next Sunday, I go to the church and I listen. Hey, please understand me with something for me here. If you only go get something to eat once a week, you're going to be starving the rest of your life. If the only time you get a little bit of news is when you open up Twitter or Facebook, you are dying for the news. You have to understand that this is where we find God. We find everything about Him. And I'm only giving you just a brief synopsis of what God has been beating me over the head with day after day through the week. And I'm just trying to hand you something. And I'm praying and I'm begging God that the Lord would open up your hearts and give you a desire and a hunger to get into this book yourself. And the more you read, the more you digest, the more you know of Him, the more you'll trust Him. And you know where your joy comes from? The more you know Jesus there are people claiming to be born again blood bought children of God who never opened this book they don't know him 
And then when someone with a problem comes along and they say, I don't know how in the world I can get through this. I don't know what to do. And they just bat their eyes and go, me neither. (laughs) I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Never. You know why? Because they trust Him. Because they know Him. You know why this is written? You know why it's so thick? You hand it to people and you say, Hey, you know, you're saved. You're born again by the Spirit of God? Yeah, well, here, read this. Read that? That's a lot. Mm-hmm. That's how great He is. And that doesn't contain the half. You see, many think rejoice in the Lord always is an unreasonable command. Well, Paul doesn't know what he's talking about. That's unreasonable to write that. No, it's not. It is perfectly reasonable if you know the God that he's talking about. They think it's unreasonable because they do not know the Jesus of the Bible. If if all we had to go on was what we had in our mind, that's a pretty dismal God. But this feeds my knowledge of Him. And it feeds my ability to rejoice. You know, today, as I said, this is a call for Christians to wake up. And it is a call for unbelievers to turn to Jesus. If you do not know Jesus as your personal Savior, can I, can, I, can I make an apology to you on behalf of all of Christianity? If the reason that you do not know Christ is because you don't like the way Christians act, can I ask your forgiveness? Well, I know this one guy at work, and he's a Christian. and He's about the biggest jerk you've ever met. Can I ask your forgiveness for that? Well, you know, this one guy back in my past, he, was, he claimed to be a Christian. Can I ask your forgiveness on behalf of that? You don't want me holding a grudge against you for the way somebody I know has talked about you. So can you not hold a grudge against my God for the way some of His imperfect Christians have acted? Maybe somebody here today needs to renew their commitment to just simply study the Word of God. Pastor, I struggle finding joy. It's here. Pastor, I I, I, I struggle finding joy in dark times. It's here. Well, Pastor, you know, if if we had, uh, you know, a, a, a certain kind of group that I could be a part of, I think I could find my joy. If you can't find it here, you're not going to find it in that group. If you do try to find it in that group, when COVID-20 comes around and we have to separate from that group again, guess what? 
You're going to lose your joy again. Have you lost your joy? It's time to find it in Christ. Malachi 3 talks about a God that does not change. James 1.17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from the Father above. You see, in dark days as well as in the bright days, God knows your situation. You can trust Him. And no matter what happens, He will ensure that the end result is good. Well, how can this be good? I didn't say that that would be good. I said you can trust in the God who knows all, sees all, will work it out for good. You can trust that. You can rest in Him. You cannot rest in things that change. You can't. That's why you've got fair-weather fans of certain teams, because when they're winning, I was down in Cincinnati for, for several years, and my wife is a diehard Bengals fan. Pray for her. But it was amazing when, when the Bengals or the Reds or whoever it was, man, when the, first, the season first kicked off and they were doing great, man, the, the, the stadium was full. For some reason, every season, about halfway through the season, the stadium was empty. Why? Because they weren't doing as well anymore. You see, you cannot rest in things that change. Players can get injured. Coaching changes. But you can rest in something that never does change. And the only one who never changes is Jesus Christ. He's the only thing that never changes. His people change. But He doesn't. Has this world taken your joy? Are you struggling to find your joy? Don't find your joy in feelings. Feelings change. Don't find your joy in people. People change. Don't find your joy in your group or your politics or your rules or your places. Find your joy in Jesus Christ. It's here. It's here. Here in just a moment, we're, we're going to have a time of invitation. And I want you to understand what that time of invitation is. That time is a time for introspection. I look inward. I examine inward. I look to see what's going on in me. And I ask, God, is there anything that needs change? Maybe while we've been going through all this, you started to think about the thing that you find the most joy in. If it's anything other than the person of Jesus Christ, it's fleeting at best. I find joy in peace. Well, when things are tumultuous, your joy will be gone. Well, I find joy in my home. When you're away, your joy will be gone. I find joy in my vacations, preacher. 
then you're only able to be joyful a couple weeks a year. My joy is in my children. One day they're going to grow up. They're going to be out on their own. Well, then my joy will be in my grandchildren. They won't be there all the time. My joy is... No, 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 no. Ask God to show you where your joy is located and get it out of the way and put Him there instead. If you do not know Christ as personal Savior, I cannot encourage you enough. Why wait? If there are questions that you need answered, get them answered. If there are things that you don't understand, find out. Ask the questions. There's, I love it when people ask questions. That means that they're seeking truth, they're seeking answers. And God is the rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. He'll reward. But if you're looking for joy, you'll never find it in a person or a place. You'll only find it in Jesus Christ. Father, I ask, Lord, that You would take this time and speak to hearts that You would cause in us a, a heartfelt desire to know You more deeply. That, Father, we would be committed to drawing closer to You, ever closer. That we would be surrendered to being more like Your dear Son. That, Lord, we would look for our joy, not in the people in our lives or the things that we have or the places that we go. Father, but that we would find You as sufficient. Your Son as completely satisfying. Thank You that You sent Your Son to die on that cross in my place. Father, you did not hold back. Let him take most of the punishment and give me the rest, but you gave him everything. And I'm so thankful that there's coming a day where you will rule and reign physically on earth. I'm so looking forward to that time. We pray, Lord, that you would bless this. Use it to bring honor and glory unto yourself. In your name we pray. Amen.